0: It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, titled Adulteration, originally aired on Patreon back on October 22nd of 2020. Enjoy!
1: Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts John Swan and Ken Milam for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. The mics are rolling. We're on. We are rolling. Now we're sitting here talking on the damn mics. Are we? Are you
0: sure? So, all right, so we we literally just finished up, as far as timeline (laughs) goes, we just finished up Monday's episode. Um, This is uh, an hour and a half or two hours removed from when we first started Monday's episode. So we have been baking in a hot box of... Well, the the uh, rehearsal studio, and uh, as you may have heard us mention partway through the episode on Monday, there is a band somewhere in this building, mm-hmm. probably close by, based mm-hmm. on on how loud they are. And we are we are in like double doored rooms with padded walls, yeah. and yet we can still hear them. So, if it does pick up the the excess noise from them on the recording, um, I won't know. You know, obviously, until later in the week when I record or uh, edit this, but. That's what it is. So if you do hear like weird little beats and music or tones or something in the background, it is another uh, another band in the building playing somewhere. And we are, um, well, I don't know what we're doing. Um, we are. Oh, We've done tasted honey. We tasted honey. We got still have the fresh baked French bread. We we got the honeys everywhere up here. We're at
1: about two thirds of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Still got my coffee and my Coke and I got the residue of these little spoons of honey and, and the ones that I liked are licked clean and the ones I didn't like still have pools of honey in them. Mm. (laughs) It's all the dark
1: ones. (laughs) Everything is dark honey.
0: Yeah. The dark ones. I was like, no, 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 It's not so much. Not so much. Um, So do you, do you have any, uh, burning... Hot topics that you would like to discuss that we could rent and rent rent rat rant, 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 rant and rave about?
1: Brett, is your avocado honey really dark? And if it, if it's not, send us some.
0: You, I don't know why you're always wanting people from Australia to try to send you food. You know that's hard to do, right? Well, I guess it is. Don't that's why she had name. to sneak it out of the country.
1: I mean, this here is...
0: So the first question would actually be Brett. Did you get any avocado? Hav- hav- hav-
1: hav- avocado? Or Are you doing crab. like me, hadn't, hadn't uh, Did you get any oh, avocado last honey this year. year?
0: He would have got that last year. No, because he wasn't far enough along last year to oh, have that's it. Right, and wouldn't. the bloom, the bloom's starting now or then. So I don't know. Technically, they should be getting the the nectar flow from it. I guess probably at this point it's already mm-hmm. done because mm-hmm. I think he was uh, coming into it towards their winter, into their winter.
1: This is Florida avocado honey.
0: Mm, sure, it is. That's what it says. Yeah, that's what it says.
1: Uh, I think I might have some California avocado honey coming too.
0: <laughs> Why did you order multiples of the same thing? To see if it tastes the same. If oh. we're coming from another part of the country, coming from another mother? Yeah. I don't know. It might not. Maybe. It's kind of like the the guy that you talked to on the phone about the Tupelo honey, true Tupelo honey, should have a greenish greenish sheen to it when light is uh, kind of reflected oh. off of the surface of it. Yep. And the man telling you that said, oh, this is how you tell when it's real. Mm-hmm. But there are several bright lights in this room, and I did hold the spoon up to it, and I didn't see any green sheen. But oh, we can uh, we can look at that when we leave the building. We'll open it up out in the sunlight and see if there's a sheen to it. Um but I, I just kind of think it's funny. I mean, it's it's interesting. There, there are a lot of distributors um, around the world that, you know, they don't either, they may have hives, but they don't have enough hives to really fulfill what they need. And there's a lot of beekeepers that make more honey than they know what to do with. So they sell it wholesale to these bulk people that pick it up and then mix it. And they mix everything together so that they get a uniform palette and taste. Mm-hmm. That way when it goes into the big box stores, every time you buy their honey, it tastes the same.
1: He said they didn't sell to the big box stores.
0: Yeah, no, that guy didn't. I'm just talking in yeah. general. Oh well, yeah. But yeah. they're all gonna oh, claim, I know. I know. you know, they're all gonna yeah. claim whatever they want to claim. Yeah. Um, just because. And and there's there's a distributor here in Texas. There's several distributors here oh, in yeah, Texas. He
1: um,
0: but there is one of them that, you know, it it'll say, Well, this is mesquite honey. Well, it might be mesquite honey, and we can produce mesquite honey in mm-hmm. Texas um a lot of times it also gets mixed in a little bit with uh what the hell they call that
1: well mm-hmm. oh, there's brush.
0: a it's it is bee brush, but it's not bee brush uh,
1: oh uh, uh, uh twisted acacia I don't know anyhow acacia honey is good acacia honey is good I
0: have some acacia honey um it's all gone too mm-hmm. the not tallow. Tallow tree. Tallow's one of okay. them. Tallow and mesquite and Wahio. Wahia. Wahia. Wahio.
1: Wahia. 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 Wahia is supposed to be a good honey too.
0: It's very similar to the mesquite, but okay. it kinda has more of that. It's kind of like a. a, It does end up with like a little bit of a smoky aspect to it. But so the the whole point of that though is that that is labeled as mesquite, but it's actually coming from Mexico. It's Mm -hmm. not even coming from Texas, and the comb honey comes from Canada, Mm -hmm. and it's mainly clover honey. And oh, we got some clover coming too. Okay. So, anyhow, um, yeah, but, I mean, the, the whole point of it, though, is that, it, you know, they, they may claim this or that or the other, and, and it may come from stuff, you know, from other places, but a lot of times it's not even necessarily theirs, and we had, uh, Jacob was looking around at stuff, Jacob gets all fired up, and rightly so. Uh, But he was doing some things and he found online where it said that I don't want to misquote what he said. And it was a a statistic, so it could even be wrong. But it was like 75 to 85 percent of all commercially produced honey in Australia is adulterated and has either syrups or sugars that are mixed in with it to dilute it down, to spread it out so that they can make more. And Mm -hmm. but then, you know, and at first he was like, wow, I can't believe that because, you know, they're so stringent on all Mm -hmm. of the rules and everything else. But then, when he did a little more research, a couple of days later, he sent me another thing, and he was like, "Oh my god, seventy-five to eighty percent of all the stuff in the United States
1: is Same adulterated,"
0: <laughs> and that's the truth. And you know, a lot of that is because some of that is imported, and the people that are exporting it do it. They cut mm-hmm. that down with rice syrup or sucrose mm-hmm. syrup, um, high fructose corn syrup or just mm-hmm. corn syrup, mm-hmm. and those things don't have a flavor, but they're sweet and they're thick, and then the honey has a strong flavor, so when you mix them together, f- it doesn't take a lot of honey to give no. it the flavor of honey, and it already has the consistency, Yep. so you end up with a sweet honey spread that's not honey, mm-hmm. or it's got honey in there, but that's not all, but they try to pass it off as that. Um, other places will go through, and, and this is why, like in the main segment, we made a distinction between filtering and straining, but a lot of your big, Bottlers will turn around and they will heat the honey almost to the point to where it's not pasteurized, but it could damn well be close, which is bad because mm-hmm. then that creates the um, methyl furfural, the HMF. Mm-hmm. But they will heat the honey, and then they pressure force it through extremely micron thin or uh, micron filtration. Everything,
1: everything out of it.
0: Everything comes out of it, Mm -hmm. and when they do that, it strips it of the heat kills a lot of the good beneficial things. Mm -hmm. The filtration process that that mechanical filtration strips all the nutrition out of it, and you end up with just a sugar syrup, Mm -hmm. basically. Even though even if it was originally honey, and the reason they do that is because twofold one when they strip everything out of it there is no longer any particulates in there and when they've heated it up to that point it will stay on the store shelves longer in a liquid form without ever crystallizing because there's no tiny little debris and particulates that can start the crystalline process and structure to grow Mm -hmm. and the pasteurization of it turns it into something that it, it just it just doesn't happen um Then it looks pretty on the store shelf and it doesn't crystallize. Well, we're slowly educating people that crystallized honey is not bad and that's, you know, it's okay to have that. But it also, the second fold is it strips out every tiny little micro piece of pollen from the honey. And if you do that, you can no longer identify where the honey came from. So they can say, oh, well, but this is honey from right here in the United States. And it but may be honey prove. from China. Wow. And you can't prove it because you can't... The only <laughs> way you can test the honey is to test the pollen debris mm-hmm. that's in it. And when you test that and you find a pollen that's on a tree that only grows in South America, well, then you know uh, that didn't come from Wisconsin, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's that's one of the reasons that they go through and they do that. They they play that little game to kind of mix some things up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it's a, it is definitely... Something that is really hard, everybody out there who is a beekeeper, if you haven't already experienced it, you will encounter it where you're like, how the hell do I ever try to keep up with the prices in the stores? How am I able to compete with this guy who is selling a pound of honey for 3 or $4 a container? You're not going to. The only way you can truly compete with them is to educate people. And you've got to get out there. You've got to teach them the benefits of raw honey. Tell them, you know, the difference between raw, strained, heated, filtered, all those things. Explain to them how your process works. Let them taste your honey. Because as we've noticed doing these different tastings, every bit of honey has a different flavor palette to it. And none of them should necessarily be uniform. Like my spring honey has the same qualities every year, but the amounts of different flavors and aspects change based on what the bees were foraging on and, and what was in bloom that year. Some years there's more horse mint than others, and some years there's more of this than other. So let them taste it, because it will blow their mind how radically different it is from what they've always experienced at the store. And when you do that, that'll that'll bring them in and you know make them a loyal customer and you have to convert people one person at a time that's the only way to ever go through and teach them how to do it you know how to how to actually discern between the real thing and not and then once they understand this is local it is raw it is unfiltered it is you know healthy and beneficial and amazing then they learn that they need to help support those local beekeepers, and it is worth paying the cost for $10 for that pound of honey versus $3 at the grocery store. Mm-hmm.
1: This New Zealand, Manuka, honey.
0: That's because that's the only place it comes from, I think. New that? Zealand and Australia.
1: Uh-huh. Well, that's New Zealand. i just sitting there reading all the... Labels.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm over here on a on a very important rant, and Ken's <laughs> off in Nana Land,
1: and I'm sitting here reading he, labels. He keeps uh huh, <laughs> uh huh,
0: which is like he ain't paying no damn attention. He doesn't even know what I just said.
1: Well, yeah, buy a local honey. It's better for you, and it's better it's much better for you because it has uh, whether it it puts the pollen in you or not. It's in your head that it does. So you're going to be better by a damn. Welcome to the placebo effect. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean
0: that, that is true too, but my point was more about the, you know, how do you combat adulterated honeys and low honey prices because when they import it from other places and they're they're getting it at pennies on the dollar, then they turn around and they're that's how they're able to sell it in a big box mm-hmm. store for you know three or four dollars a pound on honey when when you could never do that,
1: there was an article or article it was a uh something on one of the cable channels they were talking about honey and how much of it is brought in from well that was being brought in from China that was mostly rice syrup, yeah and they found out and are proved that it was so they quit buying uh, i think it was made where you couldn't buy honey right we buy, have a
0: we have a permanent ban right. on honey
1: from china. from china but the problem is then they took it through poland yes. or yeah
0: that's the other problem right there is that they turn around and they will take the honey and they will they will move it so we're going to ban china so China starts—and and, 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 and now I'm talking Poland. hypothetically, so don't actually quote mm-hmm. me on this. But China then sells it—in Well, and, and in fact, I'll use arbitrary names. China sells it to Country B, mm-hmm. and Country B then imports it to the United mm-hmm. States. But then we find out that all of the honey from Country B is actually coming from China. So then mm-hmm. Country B gets banned. So then— they import it to country B, who imports it to country C, who imports it to country D, who then imports it to America, mm-hmm. and the crap still gets here. Yeah, it still gets and there. it's it's really hard and difficult to go through, and you know, it is it the literally the only way that we as an individual beekeeper can combat it is educating mm-hmm. the customers. And if you have somebody who's in your farmer's market who doesn't necessarily have the best moral code on what they do and what their product is. Don't badmouth them to the clients because that's not a good way to build that, that relationship. But what you do need to do is just educate the client on what you do, why it is good, why it is beneficial, how you manage your bees, all that kind of stuff. And then let them make that discerning decision as to, oh, well... You know I know all about this guy and I know exactly where it is and he even said that I you know I can come out there and I can look at the bees and and you know that's how you build that relationship mm. initially and then after they learn that and they like the honey they will then go and they will spread that news to other people that they know. Oh, I, you know what? I found the best honey in the world. It comes from this guy over here, you know, Billy Joe Bob at the, the farmer's market. And I've been out there and I've looked at his bees and he'll tell you anything you want to know about them. And, you know, and that's how you actually build that. And it's just word of mouth and it just grows from there.
1: What? I have okay. talked like the majority of this episode. It is your turn. Pull okay. your weight, man. <laughs> so now, <laughs> now... To make honey, you want good, large quantities of bees, very large colonies, and I'm working on that. <laughs> by Population
0: the way. is a big key yeah. if you want honey. That's true.
1: And we're working on that. Um, Axe Mixed two colonies the other day to the packages that we had got back in the spring. Uh, mixed two carnies. They were they would have made it, but now they're a huge colony, and they will make it through the winter and then next year they're going to be 40,000 strong starting out maybe well unless most colonies come out a winter closer to 15 to 20,000 I mean, what, whatever but the, they got to be strong <laughs> and and they uh he uh, what he did is went in like you said he, every other frame, he changed them out. He pulled all the brood out of both of them and then, then changed out and put what food is and set the other one on top. And I guess that's—I wasn't there. So I, was, I was at the radio station doing a show when he did it. Because what happened was his colony, one of his, one of his swarms, we had bought these uh, Italian queens and we had put them in there and had left them in there three or four days— and we were out there, okay, we're going to pull these queens out, we're going to open them up and put them where they can get into the into the, hive, into the colony. And the one of them that he had bought, he opened it up, and he's sitting there looking at it, and, and this queen comes out and just takes off flying. And I'm sitting there, and he, he caught her in his hand and pushed her back, and then when he moved her hand, his hand, she took off again. She's trying to go to the park. Well, so um, I, I did actually talk to him on the phone uh, mm-hmm. after that had occurred.
0: And so, what, what actually was going on there was, you know, those queens, they were still in their cage. Mm-hmm. He let her out of the cage and he tried to just let her straight out into the colony mm-hmm. because they had been left in the cage for quite a while. Yeah, they had left That there. colony, though either was already raising a queen or had a queen hiding in there, and they did not want that queen.
1: We had killed the queen.
0: Right, but they did not want that queen.
1: No, no, they didn't.
0: And so, you know, again, if they had started on their own queen cells or something else, they were determined they were going to do something else, and they didn't Mm -hmm. want her. And even though she had been left in there for a while, they had not accepted her, and she knew it. So as soon as he let her go, she she was like, oh, hell no. And she was trying to get out of there.
1: Yeah, she did, too. Yeah,
0: well, he ended up catching her, putting her back, catching her, putting her back, you know, and and ultimately they killed her.
1: (laughs) Uh, When he opened her up, they had opened up the colony again before he went over and and mixed two of my colonies. Uh, They had made two queen cells. So apparently she laid some eggs before she left.
0: Maybe. Um, Sometimes they... I mean, you know, laying worker colonies will make queen uh-huh. cells. Yeah. And so there's, there's, they, she could have. I mean, I have seen that where they will let a queen go long enough just to get the material needed mm-hmm. to turn around and try to make a queen. So it could have been that too.
1: But uh, I mean, they she now he's moved the corny carniolan in, and we and he says they're not trying to rip rip the cage open, trying to get to her. So I don't know.
0: Well, that's a plus. Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: That, uh, that definitely helps out. And so we'll see. But all the rest of them, they all took them. We had six colonies over there. The other five, no trouble. None at all. But that one there, I mean, she, he opened up the gate and, see ya. Pew! I'm going to the park. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's sitting there, what the hell are you talking about park? Tell that's, them why.
0: That was a reference to uh, one of our listener questions <laughs> where the listener just felt so bad for that one queen and just could not bear the thought of trying to kill her so they took her to the park and let her go <laughs> so so that she could live a happy life we're not laughing
1: at you we're laughing with you my friend we're
0: laughing with you and this the the whole reality of the the whole scenario um you know that the ultimately that that in and of itself was a death sentence for the queen so uh it's like when you know growing up your parents might have told you oh well you know we put her out to pasture mm-hmm. meaning she's dead yeah um yeah we took well, the queen what to the happened park to that's,
1: that's, oh we put her in the we, we put her in a in the in the in the stream down there by the park oh oh, oh yeah that stream yeah, yeah, we flushed it down the commode, son. <laughs> Must have been a fish.
0: Um, so yeah, you know that's that's Ken's new terminology on uh, on when a queen is, yeah. is dispatched. We'll she goes park. to the park. She's you know she went to the park. Yeah. It's all good.
1: And we dispatched six of them the other day. Yeah. Uh, one of my co- colonies, the package had three corneolans, and he mixed two. And he says, Dad. He says, that other package you got, all you need to do is feed it. He says, there is six frames of bees in there. He says, you just need to feed the hell out of them. So, oh, that's good. And then uh, the I opened up the top bars, the two top bars, and that one bunch of bees that was the feral colony that we took out of the barrel that we moved into that one top bar, they are some mean winches, <laughs> and then the other one—it's uh, a Carniolan. They're just as happy as they can be, and looks like everybody's in pretty good shape. We got to mix one more. I've got a swarm. I'm going to mix into the top bar, and I may no into the a swarm uh, to mix into the cutout. And yeah. I may mix up some Russians in there too. I may have a Russian queen extra, so if you so, need
0: a queen, I, I do have to give a disclaimer here for everybody. Um, Ken, more times than not, talks about how mean <laughs> certain colonies are. They are, and uh, we were having a conversation on the phone the other day, and he was saying that they're just some mean when they came out and they were doing this and that. And they and kill I said, me. I said, Ken, did you smoke the entrance? Well, no, of course not. And where I you had just had the smoker. I had
1: the smoker, damn play it.
0: But if you have it and you don't, and it was use lit, it. you're not using it though. So was you know, Ken Ken's a bull in a china closet, <laughs> and and he's he ain't got no time, no patience to get out there. So he comes out and he he does the whole Dave Dorgy version of of beekeeping, where he comes out there and and you know he doesn't puff smoke gently in the entrance. He might put some under the lid. He might not and well, he's yanking jars out of the entrance feeders and putting lids on and putting them back in there, and then he wonders why the bees are all pissed off and trying to sting him in the chin.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, got stung in the chin. Uh, yeah, you did again. <laughs> one, of, one of the colonies, I guess a cow had moved it and it had moved about three inches on the bottom oh, board. Damn cows, man. And so instead of loosening my my strap where I had pulled it down, I thought, oh, it's loose enough. I can move it. So I started pushing, 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 trying to get it over And All I did was piss those bees off. Yeah. And they come out of there, and they said, another cow is after us. <laughs> get him. <laughs> so I, I smoked them a little bit then. Didn't oh, of do course. It. Didn't after do a damn fact, bit of no, good, no, though. No. They were all mad. <laughs> See, the whole point of the smoke is, is
0: before you do anything, you gently smoke the entrance and then open the inner cover or the lid, Oh, gently don't, smoke don't. above the inner cover, and then close it up, and give it a minimum of thirty seconds to a
1: minute before you even start dismantling the colony. Don't smoke where they pushed the pushed it off the bottom board because they come out like a damn look like one of those uh, swarms of stuff coming out of hell where <laughs> that's coming out of that front. <laughs> I mean, you they were still, leaving that hive. yeah, but if, but again,
0: it's supposed to be gentle puffs of smoke, like if you blast them with it and it's hot, they're they yeah, they're gonna evacuate. Uh, um, I got it fixed
1: though well, and good. then
0: then they got mixed. Then all, they got... all I'm saying is everybody out there needs to take the there's some mean bees with a big grain of salt. yeah the, um a lot of that is of the beekeeping
1: practice and none the practitioner <laughs> all of them are mean. Even the one that stung me was a corneolin. If you're a bee in a china closet, right. or a, a, a can in a china, china china closet. Closet? Okay. in a china closet, a bull in a china
0: closet, somebody's in the damn china closet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, we got them all taken care of. And the bees are looking pretty dang good. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh going to have some big colonies.
0: Well, good. That's what you need going mm-hmm. into winter. And that, that'll be the final thought on here. Um, probably something that should have been said on the main segment, but oh well. Um, you know, for those of you in the northern hemisphere going into winter, now is not the time to be worried about your colonies being crowded, because that is absolutely what you want going into winter. Mm-hmm. You want colonies that are chocked full and crowded full of bees and chocked full and crowded full of capped food stores because that's the colony that's going to survive the winter. Mm-hmm. You don't want to worry about giving them extra space and oh, I'm worried about this or that, because winter is coming for the northern hemisphere very quickly. And you need to uh, make sure the bees are ready and prepared for that. Ken, give me a smirk like we were going to go off on a game of of thrones there all of a sudden. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, uh, but that's what you want. You want colonies that are very, very strong and have a lot of
1: food. And right now, you want to be feeding them two to one if you yes. need to feed.
0: two to one if two you need to feed. Two parts sugar,
1: one part water.
0: If you can still feed, depending on the average daytime temperatures, and again, that is daytime temperatures averaged out over the course of a week, need to be above sixty degrees. If they're not, then you shouldn't be feeding liquid either. Um, but get them ready, get them prepped up. This is this is your last last
1: chance. Ours are taking uh, taking pollen also ultra bee.
0: I stopped feeding mine pollen.
1: Mine started taking it.
0: Well, I stopped feeding mine pollen.
1: I didn't say they stopped. I stopped. Oh, you stopped. I stopped. Well, I just still got it out there. They're still taking it. I mean, they went after. Yeah, they still will. And for us in central Texas, our
0: winter is not coming that quickly. Not really. Um, We're going to be like we had a cold front come through. It did drop the nighttime temperature down to like 40, upper 40s or lower 50s or something. Um, But today, you know, that was yesterday. The high was in the 70s. Today, it's going to be in the 80s. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be damn near ninety. Yeah, and then
1: so all next week we're in the th- we're in the upper eighties. But the
0: end of next week, uh, well, which will be by the time you guys hear this episode, um, our temperatures will be coming back down into the upper seventies, lower eighties yeah. for that next week. So we
1: basically we've got another, we got probably another. month. We have about a
0: month before we're at dire Straits. Yeah,
1: until we lock and them down.
0: The the overall forecast says. Like when they looked at the long range, overall on average for us in Central Texas, mm-hmm. we are going to have a hotter than normal winter.
1: Yeah, and drier. It'll be drier Yeah, it'll be above spring. average.
0: Thank you, El Nino. Yeah, La oh, Nina. La Nina.
1: One thing we ought to talk about. I know we talked about this. In, and you've I, got two minutes. Okay. <laughs> vented top bar uh, inner covers. Should we be using vented inner covers now? Not for a top bar. Not top bars. That's no, no, said. I said top bar. <laughs> I said top bar. I meant for Langstroff. Should we be using vented inner covers now? You can. Okay. But well, last year you told me to start using vented inner covers. So Yeah, that's why I said you can. Okay. You can. Okay. Well, so it's all right to use me the vented or unvented.
0: It is. Um the only the, the big caveat is one, if you do everything correctly and you don't accidentally artificially create too much moisture inside the colony Mm -hmm. by feeding them liquid, especially a one-to-one liquid too late in the year when it's too cold for them to dehydrate it. Um, But the other caveat is your colony in a Langstroth box needs to be tilted frontwards Mm
1: -hmm. so that
0: any condensation that does build up on the roof or the inner cover runs to the edge and then runs down the side of the hive. Mm -hmm. Whereas if your hive is perfectly level, it will Mm -hmm. drip straight down on top of the winter cluster and that is bad Mm -hmm. but if it's tilted condensation can form and it can run down the roof to the edge of the hive and then run down the edge of the hive Mm -hmm. and then it's not a big deal but if you have that extra ventilation at the top it can help expel out some of that moisture Um, some of the the latest research though by tom seeley indicates that a top vent is not necessarily preferred by the bees but again, that's only if the moisture doesn't fall directly down on top of them.
1: But they sure get to using it, and once it gets spring and oh yeah, yeah, summer, they love it in the spring and summer. They love the top vent. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but so like on my top vent,
0: I usually turn it up, kind of into the attic space. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all about the position of it and, and what you're doing with it. So yeah.
1: You got thirty seconds,
0: and we're done. <laughs> because we don't have time to actually get cleaned up before our time is up
1: Okay, and, family uh, y'all take care of each other Because there's nobody out there that gives a damn about us except we take care of each other y'all be good thank you very much
0: there you
1: go be good everybody this Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you and we appreciate your support to all our Hive Jive junkies out there you truly are the bee's knees